Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard. And New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Stay tuned now for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and their guest Brad Cauley, Director of Student Affairs at Grace Academy in Georgetown. Thank you, John. We are in studio today at uh, Bridge. Today's Christian Talk at 1120. And I don't know where you are, but we're happy in the studio today because we've got a wonderful program planned for you. Uh, it is a, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Miss Carrie. And uh, are you excited? Oh, my goodness. Hi, Miss Evelyn. It's so great to see you as always. Listeners, I was just going to tell you, this woman is amazing. She is absolutely the light of my day every time I see her. I pray that you have someone in your life like that that brings you light um, as soon as you see them. I'm so excited about the show today. We are going to be talking about godly values. What on earth does that even mean as we walk into our lives today, as we are bombarded with things on social media, on television, constantly in our ears and in our eyes? What does it mean to have godly values? Well, it means that we know the Lord Jesus, number one, that he is our instructor, he is our lover, he's our comforter. He is the convener. He he calls us together. And this is a really special time, Carrie, as we go into into the fall schedule. And Halloween is coming up. And, you know, there's so many misinterpretations about Halloween. Uh, Jesus himself said, the way you're going to pray, you're going to say, Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. That means honoring. And so Halloween started out with Christians 
trying to separate themselves from ungodly values that were going around with witchcraft and all that and honor those patriots who came before them. All Hallows Eve. Yes, All Hallows Eve. And so it's Halloween, but it hallow means to honor and to give tribute to. And we have much, much for which to do that for today as we love talk here in the studio. Absolutely. Always great to be love talking with you, Miss Evelyn. How is your book going, Praying and Praising Across well, America? Well, it's at the editor, and uh, we think that I'm going down to Round Top on Sunday afternoon to meet with the publisher. We uh, we think we're right on target just as soon as editorial board meets. We'll, we'll have names to put in there. It'll be a 49-day prayer journal. But it's a history of life, of godly values, and what they are. In fact, Ann Hedinger, who is head of Concerned Women for Texas and America, wrote the uh, one chapter about the differences between a liberal uh, interpretation of godly values and the conservative value, which we call the godly values. Mm-hmm. And so that is available on our website at www.ndp, like nationaldailyprayer.org, uh, austin.org. And we'd love for you to put it up, look at it, because that's what we need to do. We've got to find that defining line between what the world tells us is right and what God's Word says is right. I'll tell you what, that chapter that she wrote, Miss Evelyn, is incredibly insightful. And it's not written towards any bent. It, it is, it's just the facts. It's mm-hmm. the facts of um, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, and what they at the core believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you read that, you really get a great idea of where, where you fall. Mm-hmm. Um, in in those value systems, and so I would highly recommend to go to that to go to that website and to look that up. Well, Miss Evelyn, I've I've uh, I've had a good week. It's been a good week, and um, are you getting ready for Operation Christmas Child? Oh my goodness, that's coming up. It's yeah, gonna it be, is. It's going to be with us like probably in the next. We couple have of a weeks, really right? a special prayer event that's going to surround that on the Monday before Thanksgiving, and we'll be we'll be announcing the details for that in the next couple of weeks. Oh, we are so excited. That is so great. Well, today in studio we have a friend of ours, uh, listeners. You're, this is going to be an awesome, awesome day for you. I encourage you to turn your radio up right now. Today in studio, we have Brad Colley. He's my friend. I'm, I'm so honored to call him my friend. And listeners, I will tell you this. Today, I feel like a spiritual worm in studio with the spiritual giant. I tell you, between Brad Colley and Evelyn Davison, I, I'm just dumbfounded at the wisdom in this room, and I am not bringing not a bit of it. And so just keep your radios on. Brad Colley, hi, Brad. It's so great to have you in the studio today. Hello, Carrie. Thank you so much for letting me come with you, and I think the majority of the spiritual wisdom today is going to come from Miss Evelyn. <laughs> I can, no, no, I can share with you uh, some mistakes that I've made and some things I've learned along the way, and hopefully that will be a blessing to, to all of us. They will. Brad is the Director of Student Affairs at Grace Academy, which is a private classical Christian school up in Georgetown, and uh, he's been there for a few years. He did go to A&M, listeners. He's got his bachelor's degree in kinesiology and outdoor leadership. This guy is so amazing, though. 
so Brad will, he teaches science at Grace, is one of his many duties, and um, he lets the kids, you know, hatch chicken, hatch baby chicks from eggs, <laughs> and we have a lot yeah, of... That's funny. I tell you, it's awesome, right? We have a lot of property out at Grace, and sometimes we get wild hogs that mess yeah. up the property, and Brad and his team of guys have kind of set up a... Do you have a trap out there, Brad? There is a live trap there. There's a live trap out there. And if we ever catch a hog, you know what they get to do? They get to dissect that in science class. Like, so incredibly awesome to stick your finger in an aorta. If you need any extra ones, Brad, my son goes hunting with those often. He has 30... Uh, acres out at Liberty Hill, and they come calling. Oh, that's great. So if well, you need one, let me know. Yes, we ma'am. got science on the ground, and I just I love the way you make things come to life for the kids, um, and it, it's absolutely phenomenal. Brad has been a preacher. He's been a youth minister. He can bring the heat, Miss Evelyn. He can talk about Jesus. He loves Jesus. Brad, we're just so excited to have you today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you. Well, uh, born at a very young age. Um, <laughs> Raised with uh, an amazing family. My father was a high school football coach in Texas. My mom was an amazing stay-at-home mom and then a first-grade teacher. They were in church every Sunday of their life. Uh, three older brothers who helped me learn and grow character uh, as, <laughs> as you come, as older brothers do. I'm and, sure. And uh, though I grew up in the church and was regularly attending, somehow the dots never connected for me. And this was a significant part of my life. We were in church every Sunday, yet I did not connect the dots between the truth of who God is and Mm -hmm. what God has done into a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Instead, I was simply given a belief system. um, That's all that I was able to pick up. Phenomenal education uh, on right and wrong. Real good training on how to be a man of character in my parents and, and both mom and dad. But that connection piece I missed. And so as I missed that as a teenager, it began to show up in my life through college. Twenty-three years old, uh, the grace of Christ comes into my life. And I begin the reality of life with Jesus, of being loved more than I could possibly imagine, being clean on the inside, being able to go past this idea that maybe we're just posturing about different ideas of who God is and stepping into the beautiful wonder of being able to know Jesus personally and intimately. And from then, life was completely transformed. It has been absolutely beautiful and wonderful. And Brad began to grow up. I began to be alive. Yes, Uh, ma'am. You know, that's so interesting because uh, we were made to be trichotomous beings. Adam and Eve every day had the very presence of God walking with them. And, you know, when they made the wrong choice in life, it set out a pattern that um, until the Holy Spirit takes rest and then last in the person of Jesus Christ, we're just kind of walking around, you know, like Halloween people that don't know what Halloween the Lord Jesus is. Yes, ma'am. So Absolutely. That was very much my life. Yeah. So at 23, two things happened. I was overwhelmed with the intimate presence of God himself mm. and being a completely new person and alive for the first time. The second thing that happened is I began to get angry. Because if this is the beautiful truth of who we are to God and who God is to us, what were we doing? And why don't kids know this before they graduate? So that was an impetus for me to start working with children from the same denomination I grew up in. Because I did not want another student graduating from high school without at least knowing about relationship with Jesus. It is more than a belief system. It's more than a philosophy. Those are very essential parts of God's character. 
But the whole purpose is relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So whether they accept it or not is their responsibility. But they weren't going to graduate from my church without hearing about it at least. So so that led into youth ministry for a number of years. Where did you serve as a youth pastor? Uh, I was in Bryan College Station okay, at a small church. Aggie land. Yes, okay. ma'am. Uh, and sometimes we call it the promised land, but I won't do that in Austin. <laughs> and then I was in Houston for a few years and then back in Austin again. Okay. And... Uh, um, during that time, as as I became spiritually alive at 23, a very good friend of mine became a, a pastor, youth pastor, and we just met at the same church. He was a young college student, 21 years old, but he was a visionary. And so he and I would talk back and forth about church and what we see in the scripture and what God's calling yeah. us to be as his people and how his spirit was working among high school students. And they were coming to the Lord Right and left, college students were coming to the Lord with the purity and the simplicity of devotion to Jesus and just listening to what the Spirit says, looking at the Scripture Mm -hmm. and trying to do what Jesus says. We watched him transform lives. Well, he's a little bit of a visionary and said, why don't we go start a church one day? And... Uh, so we did. We ended up in Austin. Um, after that venture, through a career change and life changes, began looking for a place to serve and talk to kids about Jesus, and that led to Grace Academy. Very, very grateful to be at Grace Academy. Well, very, that very is a wonderful place. thing, and uh, we're just so glad to have you because we got some hard questions for you today. Yeah, right? we scary. we do, we do, and and Brad and I have have uh, gotten to be friends over the years with our affinity for love for sports um, with my coaching background and his dad was a coach and Brad would come and speak when I was at uh, Southwestern and I was the advisor for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We'd, we'd always have Brad come speak and was always so gracious to have him come speak and the kids just love him and just a way that he identifies with children. I'll tell you one quick story before we get a break. When my son was in the second grade, he got in trouble at school and um, he got sent to go see Mr. Cauley, and because that's what Mr. Cauley does is he he straightens these little straightens these kids out. Yeah. And um, my he had done he and his friends were like having a competition in the bathroom to like see who could hang on the door the longest or something like that, right? And I kept thinking to myself that night, I hope the punishment fits the crime. <laughs> I hope the punishment fits the crime. <laughs> and sure enough, Brad Cauley, he's like, all right, bud. That next day, he was in the bathroom cleaning, mm-hmm. cleaning the sinks, sweeping the floor, and I, that was a. I was I was so that happy. Is it's like yes, yes, okay. So that's just one of the th- things he does at Grace as well. But teaching character to our young men uh, there on on campus. Well, friends, when we return from the break, we will continue to talk about godly values. What on earth does that mean? Miss Evelyn, when we come back, friends, when we come back, you're going to want to hear what Brad has to say about that as we start talking about what that means in context of our churches, our schools, and this election. Join us after the break. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 
4512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. And now let's get back to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and their guest, Brad Cauley. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk 1120, The Bridge. Here we are in beautiful Austin, Texas, in studio today. I am Carrie Brinkater. I'm here with Miss Evelyn, and we've got our friend Brad Colley with us today as well. Thanks so much for joining us, Brad. My pleasure. Honored to be here. Well, we are talking about godly values. So, Brad, as we start to talk about this, I ran across a few articles um, that disturbed me. We've just recently had See You at the Poll activities um, here at the end of September, which is a nationwide, um, I guess, event where kids at schools gather around their flagpoles before school, before school hours, and they pray. And they pray for our nation. They pray for each other. They pray for their schools, their teachers. It is a phenomenal event. And if you see the picture, I my I. I just got goosebumps when you see the pictures of kids gathered around their flagpoles with their arms around one another, supporting one another, and um, it's just a beautiful event. And we've had some organizations that have come in and are incredibly upset about the ability for students to use their own free time to gather and pray. And one of the articles um, was Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, and they write, We've increasingly seen the speech of Christian students being silenced at public schools. We've represented students that were told they cannot talk about their faith and pray during their free time at school, or that they cannot hand out flyers inviting their classmates to a church event. So this is, this is good. We've seen, we've seen some, some, organizations defending our children, but we have another one called Freedom From Religion Foundation, the FFRF, Freedom From Religion. I hope you can catch that. Here's one of their sentences in their latest article. In the worst cases, teachers have actually brought their elementary school classes to the flagpole and led students in prayer. That's in the worst cases. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so Brad, how, in, in the context of prayer, prayer before school, how do we look and see about our godly values and where we can stand? Because some of these teachers, Brad, are making a very bold stand when they mm-hmm. know that their jobs could be on the line. Mm-hmm. So help us work through this. You bet. Well, and this is a really complicated situation where we are in the United States. Uh, I think sometimes having a little historical context helps. Uh, we can be so narrow into our own uh, decade, even our own mm-hmm. couple of years, that we forget a bigger picture. And a couple of interesting pieces uh, come around when you start looking at our nation in particular. When you look at our nation in particular, there was something that happened in our nation before our founding fathers put down the documents that lead our nation. And what happened was the Great Awakening. There was a spiritual revival at a grassroots level as men like Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield and even the Wesleys began to invest in the Americas. And there was a vast movement of men and women coming to know the Lord during that time, this great awakening. And from that, our founding fathers, though not all followers of Jesus, built a nation on the principles of the gospel as Alexander Hamilton I would like to, to just reiterate what Brad just said. Okay. They were not all followers of Jesus, yet they built our nation on Christian godly values. 
Absolutely. In fact, John Jay, the first chief justice of the Supreme Court, said it is our duty in a free nation as Christians to elect Christians as our leaders. Now, I'm not sure many chief justices have said that since. Right. Um, But you also run into gentlemen like the president, John Quincy Adams, who in a speech said, is there any wonder besides Christmas, the next greatest uh, holiday in our nation is the 4th of July? Is it not because the birth of our nation and the birth of our Savior are inextricably woven together? Mm-hmm. And so these are not necessarily concepts that you get in 1854 as the Congress was wrestling with what to do with chaplains. 1854, the United States legislature said, we are decidedly a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Now, the culture has shifted from there. And our politics have followed. So when we come to what is the role of a public school teacher in our nation today with their faith, the beauty of our Constitution is that Congress shall pass no laws respecting or regarding an institution of religion or from prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And so that's the nation that we live in where there is religious liberty and freedom. And so a teacher... And students have freedom. Now, when a teacher is employed by a school, public school, then they have to be wise Mm -hmm. about how they don't have freedom to preach or evangelize their congregation in our nation, Mm -hmm. uh, in the classroom. Mm -hmm. But where these groups are going, in particular the one you mentioned, where they're going is that they can't even have a faith or discuss it. Right. Right now, it is legal if a student were to ask a teacher, what do you think? about issues of religion or faith, a teacher has permission to say their belief and their opinion. However, that's that's a big challenge. So that's a little bit of a context of where these value we are in a value war. We we are in a value war and I, I, I love what you say there. I believe it's in the book of it's either in John or Acts, you'll know where it is. Oh it's in it's in Acts. Um, where the disciples have been um, defending Jesus. This is after Jesus has been crucified, and we have Peter, James, and John, and they are preaching and they're defending Jesus, and they're getting basically in trouble, if we want to mm-hmm. use that word, by the Pharisees. And um, they are eventually flogged for for just standing up for what they believe in, right? And I, I see this as just an example, but they leave that situation rejoicing. Um, it's Acts 5, 40, 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering mm-hmm. under the name of Jesus. Are you kidding me? That's rare. For That, that <laughs> seems very unnatural for us. Right. Um, right. And, and some of that is the benefit of the godly values that our founding fathers had that produce a nation Absolutely. of peace. Uh, so many of the values and principles that guide this nation are responsible for the peace that we get to enjoy for the moment mm-hmm. because of those things. Um, however, suffering and Christianity are inseparable. Mm-hmm. It seems rare to us in the United States, but that in itself is a praise of God because of his blessing and provision. Um, But now we're going to have, I think, an opportunity as we walk with godly values to participate in the suffering that our brothers and sisters are going through around the world. And this is the call for us as Christians. Part of the godly values 
is understanding that his name and his renown are above our comfort and our desire and our pleasures and our kingdoms and our physical blessings. We live for his glory. Jesus was for his father, regardless of the cost. And so we as his followers are for Jesus regardless of the cost. That doesn't mean we throw out wisdom or discernment. Jesus said, be wise as serpents Mm -hmm. and innocent as doves, maybe because there's a tendency to be the opposite. And (laughs) what we need to be as God's people is unashamed light, Mm -hmm. but not obnoxious light. Loving. That's why I love the title of it. We should love in such a way that though they may disagree with our message, they cannot deny its power as evidenced through the way we love our enemies and we love our neighbors and we pray for those who persecute us. You know, uh, Brad, that's basically the thesis for Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child, which we're going into now, that we both put the love and the life of Jesus Christ in a little shoebox, put some good things in there, you know, things that children like or whatever, and send it around the world. That's the heart of America, has been since Whitfield, since, you know, Jonathan Edwards. That's what they came to America for. That's what they left in in the old world and came to America for. And it is sad and it's heartbreaking to see where we have, how far we have strayed from that perception and the principle of doing that. Yes, ma'am. And I think that's why your conversation about godly values today is timely and incredibly important. Uh, Carrie and I were talking a little bit before And one of the things that really sticks out is if we want to bring godly values back into the church, back into our nation, it's going to start with godly values showing up in an individual life and in our churches and being able to move forward in that way. It was the Great Awakening, a grassroots movement of the people that birthed a nation with godly principles. In the founding of our faith, it was 300 years of the Christians, grassroot, no, mm-hmm. no political power at the moment, living godly. Uh, they, li- they lived so godly that the Romans said they were despicable people <laughs> because they would love each other even before they met each other. Isn't that amazing? Yes, That's ma'am. what God is. <laughs> That's Absolutely. what Jesus is. He, he loved just, us before he made us. Yes, and ma'am. We they would take care of the dead, even their own dead. They would pick up the babies we leave on the side of the road and raise them. The Romans thought they were despicable people, but they did admire them because they died well. Died well. When they were given to lions, when they were fed to put to gladiators, mm-hmm. there was not a groveling and a, and a pleading for their lives. There was often worship and a joyful embrace of eternity. That's a great remembrance for him. It and really those is. grassroots values will be absolutely essential if there's going to be a change in the outside culture that that we hope to see. So, Brad, what you're saying is that it's not always easy. And we weren't promised comfort when we decided to follow a God who gave his life for us on the cross in the most uncomfortable way. Um, I love this quote from Mark Sayers in his book, The Road Trip That Changed the World. We'll go out to break with this. We judge our careers, our marriages, and even our faith by whether it makes us feel good. Mm. Thus, we prefer a form of faith that does not ask us to encounter our pain, to deny ourselves, or to grow in areas which may be uncomfortable. 
I tell you what, Brad, Miss Evelyn, listeners, that statement right there makes me uncomfortable. Am I willing to be uncomfortable for my faith? Am I willing, as Brad said, to not be obnoxious, but to be as wise as a serpent and as innocent as a dove? Am I willing to do that for my Jesus who died for me? We'll explore this a little more when we come back from the break. Join us. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Daily hope, daily healing, daily talk and information. Today's Christian Talk 1120, The Bridge. Let's return now to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and Brad Colley, Director of Student Affairs at Grace Academy in Georgetown. Welcome back, listeners. It's a great day here at Love Talk, here in studio with Miss Evelyn Davison. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we're here with our, our wonderful friend, Brad Colley. Oh, my goodness. So we're, we're going to the break. We have all of these questions going through our mind. What, what are godly values? What, what, what on earth does that even mean in this day and age? And we went to break with a, with a little, with a statement out of Mark Sayers' book, The Road Ship That road trip that changed the world and it's about how we kind of prefer a faith to be kind of cushy that we don't want to make we don't want it to point out our our shortcomings we don't want it to point out where we really need to see the face of jesus and i think it just it just goes to ask the question it begs me to ask the question what has so drastically changed Mm -hmm. In the last 30, 40 years, why, why have our values and our value system, why has it so drastically changed in the past 30, 40 years, Brad? Well, the, the sources of that 
again, we're going to come back to godly values at a fundamental level at the individual and in the church. But where you see that show up in our society is in 1963, they removed prayer from school. And with that, it's an interesting sociological um, comparison. When that happened, from 63 on, you see a skyrocketing in the amount of drug use, uh, premarital sex, uh, pregnancy outside of marriage, uh, divorce rate, and then, of course, abortions as well. All of these things have gone through the roof since that point. So there was a major transition sociologically in our nation where the impact and the influence of God's people was suddenly supplanted by the influence of a different value system, and we lost ground. Mm -hmm. There can be a lot of reasons why, and I think it's important for us to explore those, but in comparison, Ben Franklin, during the Constitutional Convention, as we are trying to save our nation after the independence we had won, they're trying to hash out this Constitution, and they had reached a, an impasse. And Ben Franklin, who is a deist, not a follower of Jesus. What does it mean know. to be a deist? A deist is someone who believes God is like a cosmic watchmaker. He wound <laughs> everything up, and then he's just letting it tick. That's what um, my dad was. Okay. And so they believe in a, a higher power. It's obvious through creation and just the reality of, of science and nature. That's why I love science so much. There is obviously a creator, but he's not involved in the details of our life. So he was not a regenerate follower of Jesus. Yet at this constitutional convention, when they hit an impasse, he said, gentlemen, and I'll paraphrase, uh, when we began this nation, we sought the help of providence, God. Mm. And by his help, we have won it. And I move, and I propose that we have uh, are going to be at a place where we will not be able to succeed as a nation. We will not survive without seeking his help. So I move that prayer and devotion start every one of our days in this convention moving forward. And as they began to pray and seek the Lord and have devotions, then they reached the Virginia Compromise. Now we have a nation with it's, it's one of the greatest nations in the world based on godly principles. It's it's really amazing when you go back and you look at the history of that, Brad. Thanks thanks for the lesson. It's it's unbelievable how we have strayed from that over the years, and how whenever you're asked about your faith or you are just simply demonstrating your faith, how that is not acceptable. Um, where you just said this, Brad, before the break, that faith is not acceptable. And especially the Christian faith. And for some reason, that's become a um, almost a dirty word. It is sad to see that in our culture. You'll notice a lot of the hostility even in the secondary academic institutions, but, but, but socially. And so we have to ask ourselves, uh, first on one side, there's a little bit of sorrow over a loss of what we have had. But on the other side... The New Testament is going to start making a lot more sense to us now because we are going to get to live the way Christ lived in a hostile environment, the way all the apostles in the first 300 years of our founding fathers of the faith, our spiritual giants, they lived in a hostile environment that ridiculed, persecuted, hurt them, stole their property, and did very, very bad things to them and their children. And even in the midst of that, they held on to these godly values and embodied the character of Christ by not hating their enemies Mm -hmm. and not fearing death. And so I guess it comes back to this, what are godly values? 
and ultimately godly values have to be defined by God himself. We have to go to the New Testament. We have to look in the person of Christ, who is God incarnate. And instead of just reading the material as believers, this is a challenge for us who, who, who have the name of Christ. We have to go beyond just knowing what the book says. And we need to learn how to love each other and be in each other's lives in authentic ways so that we read it and then we say, help me live this. Will you live this with me? Because mm-hmm. we need each other. We need each other to live those godly values together. You know, the two things that the enemy of Easter has captured in our nation, Satan himself, number one is the education. Yes, ma'am. And secondly is the media. Yes, ma'am. They, they have. And to some degree, I think it's because Christians have backed away from those. They've backed away from academia and they've backed away from the media because of the inherent and and if you study ancient Greek culture, the theater was always mm-hmm. a little bit of an area of the flesh and indulgence mm-hmm. and not high virtue, though not all media is that way. And so we have withdrawn. And, and we have to realize Jesus has called us to go. We are to go. And as mm-hmm. we are going, we go into those places and we're the light. We go in with a lot of humility and a lot of love and a lot of courage based on who Christ is and confidence to stand unashamed of what people will say for for the Christ. I, I, I get the Voices of the Martyrs magazine and I, I try to stay up on what's happening to our brothers and sisters around the world. And it seems that persecution for most Americans will only consist of not being liked. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make too light of being ostracized, yeah. but compared to what has happened historically and is happening right now to our brothers and sisters, we are not getting to share much in the sufferings of Jesus. And Paul said he has given up everything, mm-hmm. everything just to have Christ and to be able to fellowship in his sufferings. And so mm-hmm. the godly values that will lead us with humility and compassion to stand as the light in the midst of a dark world, not repaying evil for evil, loving and praying for those who persecute us, and unashamedly communicating the gospel. Well, I, I would like to give our teachers out there a bit of encouragement, right? I mean, it, it, you can feel like you're almost drowning sometimes but it, because a huge part of your life is almost suppressed, right, in your day-to-day walkings and talkings and because you can't be as open about your faith as you would as you would like right when I was coaching and um, I was at a school where I really could not share my faith I was absolutely told um, beyond equivocation that I could not participate in a prayer circle with my team and I certainly couldn't lead it and I was not to participate in it that that was student-led and I was not to get in that circle and that was really hard for me to just kind of stand and, and, and watch from the background. But what I learned is that, um, like you said, Brad, you can go about things in a, in a, in a wise way. Um, hmm, why not become the advisor for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Mm-hmm. And then I can put that on my page, you know, my coaching page. Oh, I'm the advisor of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And then you have students that will say, oh, Coach, I remember vividly I was teaching a class, racquetball class and pickleball. Awesome. So fun. Teaching class. I had this young woman. She's a freshman in my class. And one day she comes up to me and she goes, Coach, I almost hesitate to ask you this, but you're a believer, right? 
And I was like, yes, yes. I said, yes, honey, I am. Absolutely. She goes, okay, well, I thought I could tell that. I'm just making sure because, you know, here it's really difficult to find other people that are like us. And my heart just broke for this young woman. And um, but that that really spurred on a wonderful relationship and kind of uh, something that we could share together and I could be of an encouragement to her and point her in the right direction because if you seek on a college campus others like you, you can find them. You absolutely can find them. But you may just have to dig it. You may have to dig around all, you know, all of the riffraff until you find people that believe like you believe and that's okay. So teachers, educators, find a way. I encourage you to find a way to put yourself out there, but be as be wise about it, so that you can show your light amongst your peers, amongst your students. Um, and I, I just think there's ways that we can go about doing things that follow the rules, where we can love through humility, where we can show who we are in a way that um, that God wants us to show that. We don't have to be afraid of that. You know, that is so true, Carrie, and ever, it seems like in every season of life. Now, you know, I'm 85 years old, so I had a lot of seasons. <laughs> uh, when we were uh, preparing to move to Austin, we lived on a ranch, and we were able to control our 14 year old son's activities and our uh, nine year old son. And the greatest fear I had at that time was moving to Austin and putting those two young men in the middle of chaos because that's basically what I thought Austin was Mm. because of the liberal university and so many things that happened here. And my dad was not a believer. And uh, I just, when Van came home and told us, we're moving. I've been promoted. We need to move to Austin. And I said, you may be going to Austin, but the boys and I are not going to Austin. (laughs) God does not live in Austin. Because I've been here enough to know. And it was so different from the lifestyle we had. Well, that's what young people come from. Often to colleges and, you know, when you move into a new community. But my dad said something to me uh, as I was, uh, you know, whining and crying. And and they live within a, a mile of us. And, you know, it was just a big family. They had a farm. We had a ranch. And I was just really angry. And my dad said, uh, I want to tell you something. Those boys need their dad. Hmm. I mean, you know, we were raised very morally. He just was a deist. And so he, after he said that, he said, um, uh, they need their dad. And uh, I said, but Papa, God doesn't live in Austin. <laughs> he said, he will when you get there. Amen. Hey, Miss Evelyn, that was, what, 42 you know, years it ago? It literally changed my viewpoint of right. what we came. And, and it was built on prayer because I couldn't change it. And that's how we started a lot of the great prayer movements in Austin, with that concept. You know, we can't do this by ourselves. We have got to have help. And whether you're talking about a school or you're talking about a family, you're talking about a church, that's what the principle of the Christian life is on the power of God's Spirit. Amen. And it's it's everywhere. I mean, he, he's just waiting for an opportunity to show himself here. Isn't that the truth? He is just waiting for us to follow where he's showing us to go. 
Well, friends, when we come back from our break, I cannot believe it'll be our final segment. Make sure you stay tuned. We're going to continue to unpack this godly values, and we're going to talk about what that means for you and your family and what that could possibly mean as we approach this election cycle. Join us after the break. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000-square-foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jennertown. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. And now let's get back to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and their guest, Brad Cauley. Welcome back, friends, to today's Christian Talk, 1120 The Bridge. Oh, my goodness, we are here in our last segment. Thank you so much for joining us. And, friends, I'd like to just remind you that there are ways that you can contact us. You can contact us through lovetalknetwork.com. You can call us on the love line. If you don't have a Bible, you need a Bible, you want a Bible, you are just interested, please call us on the love line at 512 249 You can reach out to us in those ways. We would absolutely love to talk to you. Also, you can find us on Facebook. Um, You've got the Love Talk Ladies on Facebook, so find us there as well. And we'd love, love, love to have a conversation with you. We're talking about godly values today, and what on earth does that mean? And, oh gosh, as we go out to break, I think the thing that really impressed upon me the most before we went on break is that These godly values, no matter where our nation is, no matter where our schools are, no matter our churches, guys, they got to start at home. Mm -hmm. It has to start with you and your family deciding that Jesus Christ is the most important thing in your life, period. Mm -hmm. No matter what trials may come, no matter what persecution may follow, no matter... If you feel like, what am I doing? Jesus Christ is the only 
is the number one thing that matters with you and your family. Amen. And Brad, the historical context context of that is is amazing. Yes, and as we look at Romans 13, I think these verses have they're not been a, they're not a stumbling block for me, but I'd like for you to help us unpack Romans 13 because it really talks about um, following leaders um, of your nation mm-hmm. and what this election has in regard to where we are right now. Right. Right now. Absolutely. So help us understand the context of Romans Romans 13. Sure. Sure. Romans 13, of course, is the passage where uh, every person is called to be in subjection to the governing authorities on the premise that there is no authority except from God and the ones that exist are established by God. Mm -hmm. So these are governmental authorities that are established by God. And so we, as his children are responsible to be subject to them. Uh, So much so that he says in verse 2, whoever resists those authorities is opposing the ordinance of God, and they will be condemned. So this is a challenging piece for us when we think that we might in the future uh, may have leaders that are not leading our nation in good, healthy directions or or not even connected to the health for our nation. So the context here of Romans 13, uh, before we compare this maybe to our perceptions of earlier presidents, Mm -hmm. uh, Romans 13 is written at a time when the ruler of the Roman Empire was persecuting and killing Christians. In fact, it was Nero who is the one who even set Rome on fire himself and blamed the Christians, and this great persecution happened. So uh, these were not righteous men. These were not righteous governments. These were not righteous acts, and they actually opposed Jesus Christ and his teachings and Mm -hmm. killed the followers of Jesus. These are the very people that Paul is telling us that we are to submit to. Now, this is very unnatural for us as Americans. So on one side, we need to understand that there is authority, and we are to submit to it. Now, um, Polycarp, one of the early uh, uh, martyrs, when he was brought in at his old age and told that if he did not deny Christ and worship the emperor, that he would be fed to the lions. Um, and Polycarp said, um, Jesus Christ has been faithful to me to these 80 years. I mm. cannot deny him now. My body is wheat to be ground pure in the teeth of the lions. So he submitted to the authority of the government to put him to death Mm -hmm. for doing the right thing. This is a very different way of thinking, I think, than oftentimes we're we're raised with. And that's why what you said, Carrie, is so important. Our nation began educating the mass populace at the end of the 1800s. Before then, education was family Mm -hmm. and it was small. The government took over that at the end of the 1800s. And we as Christians and we as parents abdicated the educating of our children to a governmental institution, which historically had not been happening. We also tend in that abdication to the school to abdicate the discipleship of our children to the churches. And then we're frustrated with the churches and the schools. But God is very, very clear in Deuteronomy 6. He said, fathers and mothers, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the words that I teach you today shall be on your heart And you shall teach them diligently to your children. In Ephesians 6, fathers, gentlemen, be encouraged, but also receive this. 
Fathers, bring up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The discipling of our children and the educating of our children is our primary responsibility, and we choose which institution in our United States will do the educating of our children with us. And if the institution is not doing its job, then we as parents have to step up double time and make sure whether that's extra time with your children extra conversations with your children, know what is happening in their lives. That's where the godly values are going to be communicated, and it is our responsibility. So, in other words, don't despair. No matter what is going on Mm -hmm. in our nation, Miss Evelyn, as we approach this election cycle, we can come back to stand on the Word of God that says, you know what, it's our responsibility to bring up our children and to make sure that our home is following the Lord. Now, we do have a responsibility to vote. You know, one of the things that that happened when all of this was going on, when the Christians were being killed, is Paul raised a a young leader named Timothy. Mm. And Timothy uh, began to experience some of the things that, that you Kathy experienced as a leader, and probably you did out in the world before you went to Grace Grace Academy. And Paul wrote him a letter to encourage him, and he said, "He said Timothy, there are two things: you are to pray for those in authority over Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. and that's what our call is today, Mm Brad. We have got to pray; we have no choice but to pray." And then he gave him a reason. He said, "For two reasons: number one, that you can live at peace." And number two, you can serve the Savior. Mm-hmm. So if we had a billboard, you know, that says, why, you know, why are you to pray so that we can live at peace and serve the Savior? That is the premise of where we are in this nation right now That's in true. regard to the things that we're doing to call people to prayer. We, we've we just done that with Franklin Graham. Um, he's in, was in Michigan this, this last week mm-hmm. uh, with a, de- Mm, Decision America Tour is what it was called. We had 10,000 people at the Capitol. That's great. You know, people, we've got to get involved. We've got to report for duty. We've got to get out of the prayer closets and get out there. And that's why I mentioned Operation Christmas Child earlier. You know, we're not just interested in what's going on in America. We have a world out there that needs the Savior. That's right. And that's why I love how you're championing prayer, both in Austin and for our nation. I think so many times as believers, we think prayer is our last resort as a final desperation straw. And I think that that is completely opposite of what it is. Prayer is the most powerful weapon we have. And if we will walk forward with prayer leading us, that will bring the transformation not only to our nation, but to our homes and our families. So the other side of that authority of the government that we submit to is the enjoying the blessing of a democratic society, mm-hmm. a democratic republic. Republic. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. And we have a representative democracy, which means we as believers have the responsibility to be active. Mm-hmm. This is a nation, not where any group is silenced. Uh, our founding father said, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death yes, your right, right to say it. Absolutely. And as believers, we have to fight this uh, spirit of fear 
or any kind of intimidation socially mm-hmm. that makes us feel like we are ostracized or not welcomed. We are American citizens. More than that, we're children of the living God. So we step into those arenas, as you said, from prayer, with prayer, through prayer, to exert these are the values that we know God has communicated. And even if you don't like necessarily the person of God, these are the values that historically have preserved nations because historically, according to the book of Amos, God not only judges individuals, but he judges nations. Well, it's been wonderful to have you with us, Brad, um, today. Uh, I want us, before we get too far down the line, give us your contact information at Grace Academy in Georgetown. Yes, ma'am. Grace Academy is a a private classical Christian school in Georgetown, Texas. And if you would like to get in contact with me, you can email uh, B, last name's Cauley, C-A-U-L-E-Y, at Grace. TX.org. So be Collie at GraceTX.org. I would be glad to talk with you about classical education, Christian education, uh, pray for you, uh, encourage you, whatever I can, and be a, a blessing to you. I'd be glad to. What encouragement would you give to those young families uh, that are probably just totally uh, disoriented today mm. in regard to following what God's Word has to say? Uh, because they've not had, le- we've not had leaders in a while that were under the authority of God's leadership. Yes, uh, what would you say to parents out there today as they would train their children? I would I would give them strong encouragement. You do not need a seminary degree if you can get one. Great. All you need is the Holy Spirit of the Living God, the Scripture, a community of believers, and a, a humble faith. And as you invest, sow seeds in your children. We are farmers. We're not microwavers. I would love if they were microwaving and you could just pop it in. But we are planting and we are sowing and we are waiting. God will make sure that his word does not return void. So be encouraged. Stay the course. Endure suffering. Thank you again, Brad. And thank you for listening to us today. Uh, We just pray that if we can help you in a way, you'll give us a call on the love line, 512-249-6535. In the meantime, I pray this week that you truly will learn how to love talk with Jesus and love walk with him.